Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, trying to make sense of what's happening in the media, and unfortunately, trying to lecture you people and not falling into the next, we're all in this together, uh, because, well, I'm not going to lie. A lot of you are. Um, we'll try to be as forgiving as possible without getting just too infuriated. Um, but you all are pissing me off. Um, not all of you, but some of you. Um, a lot of stuff, obviously, to talk about, a lot of things that are going on, but a couple of points that that I want to make um, on the onset. We're going to be talking a lot about... Uh, different aspects of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, and not from the perspectives that uh, you all might be used to, because I, I honestly am awestruck at uh, what I'm seeing among people who I thought should know better. Now, let me explain. Um, you don't have to, uh, you can have whatever opinion about Russia and Ukraine that you want. You could think that, you know, it's a giant foreign policy, uh, you know, shit show on behalf of the Biden administration. Uh, I certainly agree with that position. Um, you could think that this was completely avoidable. I agree with that position. Or you could think that, you know, this was completely inevitable and Russia's bad and you want to side with Ukraine because, you know, the... Uh, a country basically not recognizing the sovereignty of another country. Like all of these are perfectly understandable. What I'm annoyed by is the amount of people who are on the right in the conservative movement or people who uh, follow this program or even friends of mine who are now demanding that I entirely trust the media. Okay. That is the aspect Why? of this that is infuriating me because any time that I see something that's put out by CNN, MSNBC, or any of the mainstream media who we have 100% documented them lying to us constantly, everyone goes, oh, well, come on. Oh, geez. Are you siding with Putin? Oh, geez. I stand with Ukraine. And it is infuriating to me that I am being... That so many people who should know better, literally, there are conservative commentators who in their like byline talk about how we're holding the Western or we're holding liberal media accountable for their lies are now saying, well, but CNN wouldn't lie about everything that's going on in Ukraine. They wouldn't uh, lie about yeah. any of this. Uh, we're all in this together, guys. And the comparison to COVID hysteria is 100% notable. And it's just, maybe I sound like I'm I'm just deranged and ranting, but 
just understand we literally watched a lot of people get bamboozled with COVID hysteria. And after almost three years now of discussing this, we sat there and there were a lot of people who were like, yep, there were some people who were taken for a ride by the media to push liberal politics, to expand governmental power, and to basically upend uh, any of our political and social norms for the sake of serving the elites in Washington, D.C., and then a few weeks ago, everyone literally did it again. And we're like, it's not the same. Yeah. But, but it is though. And let me, let me give you some examples because both of these things are supposedly true. And I'm sure Alan's got other examples as well, but here, here's a good example. I am told by literally the exact same people that Ukraine is just beating the brakes off the Russians. I mean, the Russians are a complete shit show. They're running out of gas. They're just losing people in droves. Jets are falling out of the sky. They're completely uncoordinated. They're basically stalled. They are just incapable of moving in. Oh my God, the Ukrainian resistance that's made up of like LGBTQ brigades uh, are just taking hope and democracy and the cast of the Avengers with, you know, Zelensky on the front line with his Captain Ukraine shield, uh, just beating the brakes off the Russians. Obviously, I got a little hyperbolic there, but you guys understand what I mean. At the same time, those same people are saying Russia's slaughtering civilians in droves and they're bombing all of these cities and, oh, won't anyone think of the poor children who are just being murdered while the Russians are bathing in their blood? And, oh, my gosh, like, it's it's just this awful, horrific war because people are grabbing their animals and hiding in bomb shelters every single day because Russia's just beating, just, just, just constantly barraging them. Well, which one is it? Right. Is Ukraine winning? Or is Russia conducting a sustained assault that is basically bleeding Ukraine, the Ukrainian citizens dry? Because supposedly both of those are true. Yeah. Now, I can't tell you which one's true from an analytical standpoint, because all I have to go off of are a few videos, many of which end up being false and are from years past. Right. You essentially, I think it would be appropriate for anybody looking at the Ukraine crisis to just start with the position that everything you almost that everything you see about it, every video, every heart wrenching tale you hear is all potentially propaganda. And what does that leave us with? Well, it leaves us with things that we know and the logical conclusions we can draw from that. Now. I'm going to say I am going to take the United States intelligence assessments of the Russian military at face value and assume that, yes, Russia indeed does have a powerful military with a large number of artillery systems, rocket launching systems and air force, huge numbers of tanks all stationed in Europe. This is exactly why the U.S. had so many forces in Europe, because there is a large Russian army that potentially could sweep through Europe. I'm going to take that at face value and assume that that's true. 
that and if that is true then the idea that the that russia cannot conquer ukraine is absolutely ridiculous if russia wanted to conquer ukraine there would be a tank on every street corner and they would be flattening cities with artillery barrages that leaves us with the only reasonable conclusion as to why this is quote going so slow is that the russians intend for this uh, the russians do not intend for this offensive to be going quickly they have a, another goal in mind i hear all sorts of analysis of putin's really upset this isn't happening as fast putin putin's upset the advance is stalled putin wanted this to go quicker i don't know if there's any base to any of that how do we know what Putin wants? Is that ever cited? Does anyone ever explain how they know these things? We look at it from this perspective and say, well, in two weeks, the United States conquered all of Iraq. That's clearly what Putin's doing, and he's failing. Unless Putin is not trying to conquer Ukraine the same way the United States conquered Iraq. Logically, when we look at these things together, the only conclusion is that the Russians are engaging in a slow, measured advance with very restricted use of heavy weapon systems. And the goal is not to conquer Ukraine, but to force the Ukrainians into a position where they negotiate with Russia. And indeed, right now, the Ukrainians and the Russians are meeting in Belarus at a series of talks. They recently agreed on a ceasefire agreement and open corridors for civilians to flee the area. The prime minister of Israel met with Russia and the Ukrainian representatives and talked it out. And that's what the Russians themselves say. Putin has said his goal is to force the Ukrainians to negotiate with the end state being a neutral Ukraine, a neutral yet free Ukraine, and NATO to move its military assets back to the 1997 borders, which is what NATO agreed to do after, at the end of the Cold War. Putin's entire point that he says is NATO has violated all of the agreements it has with Russia and has continued to advance towards the east right on Russia's doorstep, and Russia finds this absolutely unacceptable. Now, maybe we can't believe Putin, but if that's what Putin's saying, and that's what the actions on the ground seem to support, there might be some veracity to the claim that the Russians are doing a slow, measured advance into the country with simply the goal of pressuring the Ukrainians to negotiate, while also sparing the use of heavy weapons to avoid civilian casualties. Because the, the question is this. If Russia, if the Russian army is incapable of conquering Ukraine, then the intelligence community of the United States has been completely wrong and derelict in its duty for the past 20 years, and then there is, they, and then there is absolutely no reason that Ukraine should be part of NATO, which is the entire basis for this conflict in the first place. If the United States was not pushing for the Ukraine to join NATO, Russia wouldn't have invaded the Ukraine to keep it from joining NATO. And if, so that that's the, so you can just ignore all the news reporting and focus just on sort of the logical conclusions you can draw from this and say, well, yeah. Putin clearly is trying to avoid civilian casualties and push the Ukrainians to negotiate. If he wanted to conquer Ukraine, everyone in Ukraine would be dead. Every city would be on fire and they would have just done it by now. Well, uh, just a couple of notables 
Um, I've noticed that you refer to it as the Ukraine, and you probably pronounce it Kiev, so I don't have to listen to anything you say. Right. That's Only that, racist pronounce it that way. That That is basically every discussion I have attempted to have on this subject specifically is, okay, so what you're telling me is that the last 20 years of intelligence assessments from the United States have been like dramatically false. And they yeah. go, well, no, it's just that recently you see Putin's army just, it just sucks so bad. Or, or maybe it's because like democracy is just so powerful. The power of love and democracy will save us. Really the, the, the gift from Ukraine was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and no, but honestly, to so many people out there, this is a movie for them. Yeah. This is this is the new Netflix show. This is the new Netflix series that everyone's going to binge watch. Like this isn't right. reality to people. Um, and it's honestly, it's it's so it's so absolutely strange to see so many people obsessively care um, about something that they are entirely detached from. And, and let me explain that. The outcome of this conflict has little to no effect on the United States in reality. I know there's so many people right now that are senior fellows at Who Gives a Shit Institute that are going, re the national security of the United States. Oh, God. Like, look, nothing that happens in Ukraine is going to stop the most serious national security issue in the United States, which is white rage. So, um, yeah, because both you like, like, let's let's just be honest. I mean, going off of the government, the biggest national security concern of the United States is white rage and nothing that happens between Russia and Ukraine is going to fix that. So um, let's just calm it down. Um, But additionally, this really doesn't affect any of us. I mean, we're seeing some economic effects. Of course, we're going to talk about those, but. It's not our war at all. We're we're literally watching two other countries fight like it's a movie. And then we're demanding people take sides on it like it's the Super Bowl. I I'm gonna have a bit of a different take here. Okay. I think that it it's our war in the sense that Biden's the, entirely responsible for it. Yes, that <laughs> Biden, the Biden, NATO, all of these Western governments, which have revealed themselves to be anti the health and welfare of their own populace after covid it's like all of these western governments the united nations all of them fell into lockstep behind the idea of crushing rights freedoms and civil rights due to covid we all saw that happen and now these same people they're the ones that are rabble rousing for war in ukraine or and or exacerbating the situation demanding ukraine be part of nato being so belligerent against what Russia against Russia's very reasonable requests, and these people are responsible for putting in that position, which unfortunately then draws us as Americans into the need to comment on what our government is doing. None of this would be happening if the United States government was not actively supporting the Ukraine and actively supporting 
the and actively uh, encouraging this conflict. And well, I think now, that is that's now, my take on it is that we're unfortunately forced to comment because our country is so heavily involved in this war. Right. Now now of course, right? And and I'm very strongly of the position that it was the West that caused this. The only people who didn't want a war in Ukraine were Russia and Ukraine. But right. the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Germany, maybe Germany. I'm not actually sure because Germany, I mean, <laughs> they're screwed. <laughs> if Putin turns the gas off, it's a pretty bad day in Germany. Uh, but yeah. all, all of all of these Western powers who also, by the way, at the same time, were facing large scale domestic uprisings. Just remember that, because anytime I try to note this to some of my friends, they get very upset with me that I talk about how fortuitous this entire situation is while Western governments were facing large scale uprisings. Boris Johnson of the United Kingdom, the prime minister, was being investigated because of some garden party or some nonsense that occurred during COVID when everything else was locked down. Justin Trudeau in Canada was trying to jail his own citizens and cutting off their bank accounts because they were protesting vaccine mandates. Joe Biden is jailing protesters who don't think that he won his election and wanted a, a review of that election and is also encouraging people to have their bank accounts suspended and also has militarized the uh, District of Columbia all around where he works and lives. He also is trying to push legislation that would specifically that would basically outlaw Uh, opposing political opinions by calling it hate speech, extremism, or white supremacy. All of these things are happening, and then suddenly there's a war. You know, well, and not to mention that all of these leaders had all of their uh, opinion, uh, opinion polls are in the toilet. Their approval ratings are in the toilet. Now, by comparison, and I'm going to be honest with everybody, this is part of what actually really upsets me about this entire situation because I don't, I think I'm preaching to the choir here when I tell people that I don't trust the media because we know the media lies. A big part of this show is us highlighting all of the times the media lies. So with that, I did what I do best. I cracked open the books and decided to do a political analysis of Russia to see like, well, okay, the the joke being, or not the joke being, but the premise being that Joe Biden encouraged NATO to start pressuring Ukraine to try to spur off a conflict heading into the, uh, well, okay, sorry, let me back it up real quick. Joe Biden had a State of the Union address coming up, his first one. What the hell was Joe Biden going to talk about if there wasn't a war in Ukraine? Good question. Joe Biden would say, uh, COVID's still a thing, even though I said I was going to beat it. Uh, the economy's in the shitter, even though I said it was going to get better. Uh, all of those bills that I said were going to happen couldn't even get passed by my own party. I've accomplished nothing. Your lives are worse. Inflation's higher and wages are down. Instead, he didn't have to talk about any of that. He just got to talk about how he's going to cure cancer somehow and the plight of the iranian people 
because he accidentally yeah, said weird. Iranian. Was now, it? What did he though? Was it an accident? No, I don't. How I would don't we know? Think, I don't think it was. But the 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 fact of the matter is, I looked at it from that perspective of this is really fortuitous that Joe Biden had jack and shit to talk about when he was going to do his State of the Union speech. Then all he had to talk about was Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. Man, it writes itself. But I thought, okay, well, what if Vladimir Putin, similarly, because COVID-19 was a thing, they went along with it in Russia, what if his approval rating sucked? What if the incursion in Ukraine was a way for him to lift his approval ratings? Make sense? Certainly. Well, here's the problem. I'm going to give you guys some information, but because we live in the West, everyone is going to tell me, well, you can't trust any of that because it's all probably Russian propaganda. So I don't, I don't know what to believe because anytime I look anything up, if it's, if it doesn't go along with the conscripted establishment media narrative, we're all in this together. COVID's absolutely real. It's a hundred percent super deadly and you're going to get it. If you don't wear a mask, I'm making those comparisons, everybody. So you remember who we're talking about. You remember the things that are said by the same people. Those people are saying that I can't believe any of my own research unless it goes along with those stated Narratives, okay? Right. In the last 10 years, Vladimir Putin's approval rating has never dipped below 64%. Okay. He, in almost all of his elections, 70 to 80% vote for him. Now, we're told that his elections are fraudulent by the same people who also said that Donald Trump's election was fraudulent. Right. We're told that uh, his that he suppresses voting and that he jails his political enemies by the same uh, or he jails his political enemies and he doesn't allow the free press by the same right. people who support the jailing of January 6 protesters by the same people who say it's undemocratic for you to question the outcome of an election who also who also support the idea of listing a uh, regular conservative news sites as Russian propaganda throughout the Trump administration. Right. So understand why I am frustrated when I try to actually be a, a non-biased actor to get the facts. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're any of the people that have uh, been chatting with me throughout the week about this and some of, some of the people who obviously disagree and, and, you know, are, are very much pro the whole Ukraine thing. And that's fine. Um, if you're wondering why I get so agitated discussing this, that's why. Because I can't find truth. It's impossible. I can't find a non-biased source. But not only can I not find a non-biased source, I can't find an opposite biased source to attempt to perform Occam's Razor. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's a big problem for us. I am telling you that this is insanity and, and it's, it's even more compounded because guess what? Every Russian media source is now blocked in the United States. Yeah. Not helpful. Like, okay. Like I, I get it. 
oh, well, you know, Russian government propaganda, RT and Sputnik, they're, they're state-funded Russian propaganda. Oh, okay. Now, granted, when Russia blocks, you know, Voice of America from the State Department or, you know, NPR or CNN, it would be called, a, uh, you know, what is it, an attack against journalistic freedom and all this other stuff. It's different. Uh, just just understand that somehow magically it's different because our media doesn't lie, right? Um, right. And that's the biggest assumption that is I find so frustrating about this Ukraine thing mm-hmm. is everyone oh, for the last, what has it been, five years? All throughout Donald Trump's presidency, the we all were recognizing, wow, the media seems to lie a lot. Yeah. And then that's apparently suddenly just stopped because Russia invaded the Ukraine. Yeah. Be- but the be- same people that lied to us about everything, the same people that were telling us that Donald Trump's an agent of Putin and the U.S. election was fraudulent. The same people that told us, oh, Donald Trump needs to be impeached because he's just so bad. Like all of these people that lied about everything Trump did, that then lied about all the Black Lives Matter protests. I don't know if you remember, but hands up, don't shoot never happened and was a lie. Mm -hmm. The same people that lied to us about covid. Oh, uh, what was it? Two weeks to slow the spread, everybody. (laughs) Oh, by the way, it's like, oh, and masks work. Oh, and we need to lock down every business. All of that stuff is lies, and they knew it at the time. Mm -hmm. Those same people are now saying, we all need to stand with Ukraine. Ukraine didn't do nothing. They're just a beautiful, happy, peaceful country full of beautiful, happy people. Like We all should support them. I do not understand how anybody that is on the right, anyone who is has recognized how much the media lies, can look at the Ukraine situation and say, well, let's see. On one side, I have Vladimir Putin, and okay, maybe I don't like him. And on the other side, I have all the same people that have spent the last six years lying to my face about a lot of very important things and calling me a white supremacist terrorist for having an objection to it. Gee, which... Who do I who do I trust on this Ukraine thing? It sure as heck is not the U.S. government. It's not the U.S. media. And I'm baffled that anyone I'm baffled we even have to have this discussion. Right. Well, no. And, and, you know, psychologically, we should we should take a look at that a little bit. Are, Are you sure that you're all about what's going on? Like you, the person who who hates the idea that we're now currently questioning the establishment narrative when it comes to Ukraine. Um, are, are you, are you upset that we're questioning it or are you upset because it feels like life is finally going back to normal and we're taking that away from you? Because I feel like a lot of this psychologically is this is like the people needed a, an event. They needed a post COVID event. Because COVID wasn't going to just like stop, you know what I mean? Like it can't, if there's no way it was going to be allowed to peter out. So people needed to have a post COVID event. They, they needed to go into a different room while the furniture got changed back. And then they could walk back in and be like, oh, it's just like the old room. Just like I remember it. They needed that psychologically. They needed it. And I think that people know that. And Ukraine to them is going to be that marked time that. Everything went back to normal because need I remind you, we had that state of a state of the union. The CDC also magically discovered science 
that said that uh, COVID's actually really not that bad. Even Bill Gates is saying that, oh yeah, no, Omicron spreads really great antibodies and it's more effective than vaccines. You know, all the opinions that we had and opinions that we got banned from YouTube for having, yeah. that that's all now the science. That's all now the accepted science. So yeah, no, I think a lot of this is people needed something that was not COVID and then they could feel like everyone was coming back together. And so psychologically or emotionally, they're attached to this. Yeah. And that makes me suspicious as hell. That immediately makes me go, okay, maybe that's the point. Sure. Like maybe none of this is organic. And the West 100% planned on having this war as the like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. Because this kind of started churning up in July. Remember, July was when Delta, the Delta variant came, and that was all super scary, and everyone was still getting really pissed off about a lot of the COVID stuff, because then we moved yeah. into the school year. All of that, that's when NATO started being like, hey, Ukraine, what if you guys joined the European Union and NATO? Yeah. And Russia started amassing troops. Right. And I think you could also say... Russia looked at the United States and said, wow, the Biden administration and the Democrat Party has is rapidly hollowing out the country. They've made it no longer energy independent. So they ha- they're they on the hook to keep buying our oil. We're in a really good their, their military is massively embarrassed after Afghanistan. We're in a really good position to do something militarily right now because there's no way anyone in the West can has the political capital and will to get involved in an actual conflict. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I mean, that is also another salient point. We're not going to get involved in this, by the way. So you all can just, you, you all can accept that little nugget of truth right now. Yeah. The United States is not going to get involved in this conflict. It's simply right. not going to happen. Mostly because well, not, not directly. No, no, like it it would start World War Three. Yeah. Which is probably why we should have been far more responsible in our foreign policy. I guess I'm skeptical of the World War Three nuclear war fear mongering. Well, I, because... I didn't say nuclear war, but if yeah. the United States starts throwing troops in Ukraine, we are declaring war on Russia. Like that is right, what I mean but... by the US getting involved. Right, but at the same time, Even if even if Russia and the United States declare war on each other, I feel like since both countries know we have nuclear weapons, both countries will be very heavily. I don't think it would expand beyond Ukraine, I guess, is my point. Oh, so you don't see like a you don't you don't see like a coalition of uh, other countries kind of join because that's like, no, no, no. Russia has Russia has a bunch of nuclear weapons and can leverage all the natural gas. The United States has a bunch of nuclear weapons like it would just be a conflict in the Ukraine and it wouldn't expand beyond that because it would be so, it'd be more so irresponsible for everyone involved. Interesting. It's like, who's going to sign on to that coalition would be a question. Who's going to be like, yeah, I will sign on to the coalition to fight Russia, the country with nuclear weapons. Like, I think it would simply stay as we're going to fight in the Ukraine. We're going to maybe have a no fly zone. American pilots will be, I mean, think of the Vietnam war is a good example. Mm -hmm. America, uh, 
communist, like Soviet pilots and American pilots were killing each other over the skies of Vietnam and, and previously Korea. That didn't start World War III. Russian military advisors were on the ground, oftentimes accompanying Vietnamese and then previously North Korean troops into battle. That didn't start World War III. China invaded Korea and the United States went to war against the Chinese in Korea, but it never spread against mainland China. Interesting. So I think the perception people have is that there's these that any any conflict is going to tick off into World War Three between nuclear armed states. I'm just I'm, I don't think we should be we should be flippant about it for sure. Well, I was but seeing it. I'm so just skeptical. I was seeing it because uh, un unlike many of the the examples, which I mean, these are obviously good and salient examples. A, a more recent one is Syria, right? Right. Uh, you know, we we 100 percent were on opposite sides in Syria, and that obviously didn't result in World War Three. Right. I was seeing it as because Ukraine is uh, for for all intent and purpose. That is the dividing line between East and West right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like sure. your 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 point is valid. And my point is not necessarily supported Um in any way aside from that would be the only true method in which we would be able to see or in which this conflict would ever actually get resolved is that the honest battle between does Russia end up having any sort of supremacy within the world or does NATO win all? If that makes sure. some sense. Certainly. But to, to, uh, to, to back up that point, regardless of the World War III stance, um, the U.S. is still not going to truly get involved in this conflict. Right. Like, the U.S. is having a great time. And, and that's another thing that I kind of want to point out. Um, I, I, I'm sorry if a lot of this sounds like just a lecture against, like, people who have disagreed with me or whatever. Um, but I, I want people to just understand... What they're agreeing to when they decide to jump on all these dumb hashtags and all this virtue signaling. And what I mean by that is I actually lost my train of thought, but give me just one second. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably uh, grab it back up. No, the uh, the point is, is that everybody in the United States is sitting here cheering on a battle in a different country and I'm seeing stupidity. Like here's how you can use a Molotov cocktail to go take out a tank. Yeah. Which by the Ridiculous. way, let me, let me reiterate another point. I'm also told by the same people that Ukraine is beating the brakes off of Russia is just, just giving them a run for their money. But also Zelensky needs foreign fighters and civilians need to start making Molotov cocktails to stop tank columns. Uh, those two things don't make sense, but they magically make sense now. And if you don't accept it as true, absolute fact from the media who we know lies to us, uh, you're obviously a Putin puppet. And why do you hate Ukrainians? Um, but the point is, is like all of these people in the West are flat out saying like, Oh, like, here's how uh, Ukrainian people can build a Molotov cocktail. Go throw that at a, uh, 
go, go videotape that on TikTok and throw it at a tank so I can watch it and cheer and put out a bunch of hashtags. Yeah. It, and I can't see that as anything other than some ghoul in Washington, D.C. being like, well, you, you know, President Biden, you know what would what would really get all the people behind you on this Ukraine thing is if we had a bunch of videos of Ukrainian citizens getting completely shredded by gunfire, uh, we're just not sure how to get that video. And it's like, well, what if we get a bunch of them to start throwing Molotov cocktails at tanks and then we just clip the video of Russians gunning them all down? I mean, that's a, that would be a strategy, certainly. Because if you truly care about the Ukrainian citizens, which I'm told everybody in America cares about the Ukrainian citizens, and that's not a bad position to be in. War is hell for people on the ground. This is terrible for all the citizens of Ukraine, which is why we probably should have been a little bit more responsible than pushing a proxy war on their own land. Like, long story short, the Ukrainian people should be pretty pissed at NATO right now because we basically pressured a war in their neighborhood and then went, well, I mean, we're not going to, like, do anything about it. Anyway, um, if you truly care about the Ukrainian citizens, how about not encouraging them to go throw gas bombs at tanks? Because that's going to get them killed, and that's stupid. Yeah. Why are we trying to do anything to stop this conflict? The best thing that happened, there's no, Ukraine doesn't win. There's no way Ukraine wins this. All that's going to happen if this let's this let's even take it take it at face value. The Russian advance is getting delayed. Oh no. Okay. How long until the Russians bring up their heaviest weapons and decide, fine, we're gonna stop like our every day that goes by, the Russian resistance to uh, civilian casualties decreases, and the likelihood that they utilize more powerful weapons of war increases so the best thing for the ukraine ukrainians is to end the conflict as fast as possible and negotiate with russia and meet russia's again very reasonable demands at least as far as what russia has published what their foreign secretary has said what the representatives at these peace talks in belarus have said the russian demands are demilitarization of the ukraine meaning it is neutral and it is not part of NATO and it is a neutral buffer state and for NATO to withdraw its military forces back to the 1997 demarcation line. That's, that's very reasonable. That's, that's more reasonable than getting a bunch of Ukrainian civilians killed so that NATO can keep anti-missile systems in Poland. I mean, because that's like, what? Why is that more important? If we're told we care about all these Ukrainian civilians, then withdrawing anti-missile systems from Poland is more important, is less important than getting a bunch of Ukrainians killed. And the other part, people, again, let's go back to the nuclear war comments. If nuclear war is in the cards, if we feel like we are risking a nuclear confrontation with Russia, then the Ukraine is not worth that. So we should, again, abandon the Ukraine. Let Russia, let Russia conquer it. Let them force them into negotiations. 
And also, I don't understand why this is so bad. It's not like Ukraine was some beautiful paradise of democracy beforehand. It was one of the most corrupt countries in Europe. It was terrible. The GDP of Russia was climbing at a much faster rate than the GDP of Ukraine due to the political corruption. It's like, oh, they're going to be under the thumb of Vladimir Putin. Explain to me why that's worth it, worse than being under the thumb of the Ukrainian oligarchs who do the same things Putin does. They cancel freedom of the press. They kill foreign. They kill people that try to expose them. They are corrupt. They're like, okay, they're trading one group of criminals for the other, and they can do that, and a bunch of them won't die. I, the idea that Vladimir Putin is the second coming of Hitler is American propaganda. It is Western propaganda that does not have a basis in reality. Vladimir Putin is the ruler of Russia. That's it. He's not the second coming of Hitler. He's not He's not evil. He is a rational actor that is pursuing the interests of his country. And if those conflict with the United States, then we deal with that. But the idea that that everything is justified if we can oppose the, the evil that is Putin is patently ridiculous and does not stand up to the facts right it is that's why when i look at the ukraine and i look at the massive all-encompassing propaganda push across all of these news outlets and all of these companies that supported black lives matter burning our cities down jumping on the bandwagon of sanctioning russia i get pretty suspicious it's like all of these major companies like apple uh apple these banks other YouTube, Netflix, Spotify, all of these ones that for the last couple of years supported Black Lives Matter burning down our own country, supported kicking, uh, supported restricting information about COVID so that people did not know the dangers of the vaccine and did not understand and couldn't understand that they were being uh, taken for a ride about COVID. Those same, all those same companies are now supporting Ukraine. Why do I have common cause with any of those corporations? I do not have common cause with them. I don't have common cause with the Democrat Party. I don't have common cause with the Biden regime. The Biden regime calls me a terrorist. The Democrat Party floods my country with illegal immigrants. All these companies like support Black Lives Matter burning down my cities. Why do I want to if they want if they want a victory in Ukraine, then a victory in Ukraine is probably a bad thing for me. And I don't care about the Ukraine, the plight of the poor Ukrainian citizens. There are very evil people that are in charge of a lot of these things that have very bad intent. And I am willing to sacrifice the Ukrainian people so that those people lose power to affect my life and destroy my country. Right. Now, <clears throat> trying to think of... Um... Well, some some of the like additional stuff is is um, like I, I'm noticing one of the uh, one of the reactions that I'm seeing on uh, Twitter was there was a guy that just shared um, approval ratings of Zelensky. Like, hey, the last uh, the last poll that was taken in Ukraine prior to all of this incursion, um, the approval ratings of Zelensky made Joe Biden look good, which means he was very unpopular. Right. And I've seen right wing commentators get upset over somebody sharing that tweet. Right. And sorry, like, sorry to kind of like bend around on different stuff, but like, this is, this is, this is what's driving me nuts is there's, there's people that like people that I know, people I trust, people I get along with people whose writing I read that are like, why does this matter? 
It's like, why does it not? Why does it not matter to you? Why are you buying all of this? Because That's, like, it's weird. Like, why are, why are you believing the media that you spent the last six years saying is we're a bunch of liars? I, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, this is what bothers me, and I know. Okay, let's uh, let, let let's let's get kind of down to the the actual like root of a lot of this. Um, everybody wants to treat uh, discussions real life. Let's let's just say it this way: real life, because politics equals real life. In a lot of ways, there are effects that happen based on political decisions and foreign policy decisions that are made. And when we talk about politics, we talk routinely about their effect on real life. We don't just sit there and bitch about the economy like a bunch of neocons and people from uh, um, the Heritage uh, Foundation, right? We talk about how they affect real life. And by the reason why I say that is... In real life, it's not a debate class. And so when I say things uh, like the media has lied to us about all of this other stuff and I don't trust Joe Biden and I don't trust what Joe Biden says or does and I don't trust what his media apparatchiks say or do, people want to treat it like it's a collegiate debate class and go, well, that's what a boundary. There is a logical fallacy. As if we're in a collegiate debate class. But you have you have to prove to me why the hell I should side with people who hate me on anything. Yeah. I mean, and on top of that, why should I virtue signal support for a country that's been Joe Biden's piggy bank? I mean, did we all forget that Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of an energy company in this same country, the only reason why you know that there's a country called Ukraine, most of you, is because you heard about the fact that Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of Burisma. Yeah. Did did you all forget about that? I don't know. Again, this is just, it baffles me that right, any right-wing politician or commentator or anything is shilling... For the Ukraine. They should just simply be saying, yeah, it's regrettable what's happening in the Ukraine. I really hope we can come. Uh, they should, we should drop the NATO requirement so this war can end. Yeah. Because that's, that, 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 like, what, what are the actual, how does it end? That's a question. Any of these people, I want to ask, okay, how does this end? What's, what is the plan here? Russia withdraws all its troops. NATO becomes a member, Ukraine becomes a member of NATO. That's not going to happen. Russia yeah. has military supremacy in the Ukraine. And they if they are currently going slow, it is because they are going slow to avoid civilian casualties. Pressing for more war in the Ukraine will only serve to increase the destruction of Ukraine. It will not change anything. The only thing that would maybe change it is if the United States goes full in and deploys armored divisions and the Air Force to crush the Russians in the Ukraine. And I don't think that's going to happen. Anything besides that is not going to free the Ukraine. It will simply cause more death amongst the Ukrainians. And maybe that buys us. Like the goal, I guess, would be the goal of the United States is to cause so much death and destruction in the Ukraine amongst between you to sacrifice the citizens of the Ukraine under the treads of Russian tanks so much that the tra tanks treads become clogged, Russia 
Russia is forced to abandon its military objectives and withdraw from the Ukraine. And then Ukraine can be part of NATO. The West gets a win. A pointless win that doesn't matter to us, that doesn't mean anything, that only serves to kill a bunch of Ukrainians and, and put another country in the Western sphere of influence. But it doesn't matter anymore. This is not the Cold War. We're in a, a post-Cold War world, and we are rapidly descending into a multipolar world where the United States is no longer the sole uh, superpower. And we are pushing things exactly in that direction with this. The ideal thing for the United States to be doing right now is to be courting Russia to make Russia a linchpin of a strategy to contain and control the growth of China. That is a going to be a much bigger threat in the future. And all of this nonsense with Russia, we are pushing Russia into the arms of China and we are putting them in a position where Russia will be, where a Russia-China alliance or alignment will threaten U.S. security interests, not just in Europe, but around the entire globe. It will threaten us economically. It will threaten us around the globe. A lot of other countries do business with Russia and China. They are going to side with Russia and China because they know the it because it is more beneficial to them. What do we have to offer Pakistan? What do we have to offer India? We don't have much to offer them that Russia and China together do not. This is it all seems incredibly unwise what we're doing and all and anyone that is that anyone that is not speaking out against this is actively facilitating the loss of superpower status by the United States and sending us into a situation that is much worse than we, than we were in. So here, here's a, here's a thing. This was just posted up um, a few hours ago. Uh, it's in Russian, but let me, let me play the clip real quick. Here it is. These are what you're hearing are protesters marching in St. Petersburg uh saying no no to war um okay these are supposedly protest these are protesters in st petersburg russia chanting no to war this from everything i've been told about russia should be impossible and by that the reason why i'm saying this is it should be impossible because you're not allowed to protest in Russia. Russia is a bloody dictatorship. How are there possibly protesters out there? How are they not being like gunned down by police right now? Are all these protesters going to have their bank accounts shut down, lose their kids, their pets and their homes? Oh, no, probably not uh, because they're oh, not. That a... only happens in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Are, wait, are they going to be thrown in some gulag to rot without being without going to trial for over a year? Oh, no, that's the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it, you can tell it's not the United States because these protesters are also not being allowed to burn down St. Petersburg. Well, but yeah, I mean, no, that's true. <laughs> but, it, it, okay, like... This is this is the kind of stuff that bugs me is like people show me stuff like, look at all these people protesting in Moscow. Wow. And I'm like, I thought that that was impossible. I don't understand. Like, I, I mean this, like, you know, I, I 
I I was born in 1985, right? So like the Cold War, yeah, was basically over by the time I had figured stuff out. But Cold War politics, you know, were still kind of a thing, especially in the 90s. And regardless of who was in charge at the time, Russia was an evil, terrible place that had absolutely zero freedom. And places that are bloody dictatorships that have zero freedom don't have protests. Because yeah. all that and the reason why I'm saying this is because we're constantly told that, well, anything you hear from Russians, they're not allowed to say the truth. They're not allowed to tell you the truth. They have to if they agree with Putin, it's by force. Yeah. And it's like and it's just it, all of this is ridiculous. I think it's it's so much all Western propaganda that Putin's bad, Putin's evil, Putin's terrible, and it does not hold up to scrutiny. Russia, like Russia and Putin, they might do, there, there are some th- things they do that I would say are bad and regrettable. But at the end of the day, Russia is vastly better off because of Putin and his policies, and that is what matters to the Russian people. We were reading things, looking up some stuff last night, and I was shocked at the dramatic change in russia under putin at at the at the risk of sounding like i'm a shill for putin looking at his record as as ruler of russia is nothing short of amazing it's like in the first term of his presidency the gdp raised 70 percent under putin's rule russia paid off all of its national debt and now has a debt to GDP ratio of 17%, mm-hmm. which means in a single year, it could take 17% of its GDP and pay off all of its national debt. The United States, by comparison, ha- is sitting at 895% of our GDP is our national debt, which means, what would that be? It would take almost nine years of the entirety of the U.S. GDP going to pay off the national debt for us to be debt-free. Right. That's that's shocking. Additionally, and it's and a lot of the economic policies of the of Putin's rule have vastly benefited Russian citizens. And if the cost of that is personal freedoms, it seems like for Russia, a country that was destroyed by the end at by, by the end of the Soviet Union people in Russia seem like they absolutely are willing to trade certain personal freedoms in order to have a to live in a stable functional prosperous country mm-hmm. and that is something that I think we in the United States do not appreciate because we live in a we have all lived for almost our entirety of our lives in a stable prosperous wealthy country And we have no concept of what it would be like to live in a country that is corrupt and falling to pieces around us. If it was, it would not be ridiculous that you would elect a strongman like Putin to to set things right. And it seems like he has on all these allegations. Well, he's the richest man in the world. He's owned all his money. Okay, who cares? The Russian people have the the Russian people have benefited greatly from his rule. It, it's this is not a North Korea situation. They're not starving. Their bellies are fuller now than they have been in the last 20 years. And I think that is why I think all of these sanctions 
are a very, very bad idea. The sanctions of the kind where all of these companies are stopping their services, that is hurting at the average Russian. And the average Russian is going to be very, very upset. And they are not going to want to do anything the United States wants them to do. It's like, the, what's the what are we? What's the point? The point is, oh, Apple, Netflix, Spotify, we're all going to stop services to the average Russian in the streets. And that's going to push them, and that's going to make them want to vote out Putin. What a ludicrous and arrogant thing to say. My gosh, like, imagine someone approached you, a U.S. citizen, and said, if China embargoed the United States and cut you off from all the goods made in China, if on the, on the basis that the United States stopped defending Taiwan, mm-hmm. would that, as an American citizen, would you go, well, I guess we have to capitulate the Chinese and vote for a different, and vote in a bunch of politicians that'll cooperate with China, or would it make you go, screw the Chinese, I'm going to vote for politicians that will make us that will put more weapons in Taiwan. Right. These things don't go that way. Anyone that thinks that uh, it's, and it's just the arrogance of it. Like it's thinking. And again, this is, this is not surprising because it comes from people that think nationalism is stupid, silly, and laughable. Mm -hmm. Nationalism is not. It is a very, very powerful force. And when you do sanctions this in this way against that affect the average citizen, their impulse is going to be to come together as a nation to beat the sanctions rather than uh, so, rather than capitulating to them. It'd be like a bunch of people sitting in a bomb shelter in London during World War II, listening to the Nazis drop bombs on on London. Would they all look around and going? You're, you know what? We need to kick Churchill out of office and vote in someone that will capitulate to the Nazis. We need to get Neville Chamberlain back in there. No. All of them sat around in the bomb shelters going, we are going to win this war and we will not give up and we will not surrender. And that's what we're pushing the Russians to do. So what happens, what happens in 10 years after, again, Russia? Russia is not a third world country. Russia is a country awash with land, natural resources, and industry. When you cut them off from all of these things, they are going to feel, and you cut them off in a way that stokes nationalist sentiment, the response from Russian, the Russian people is going to be, we will build our own. Mm-hmm. So, in ten, so in five years, how many of these services that have just got pulled from Russia will have, a, will have competition from a new Russian business? The Russia's, again, and, and it's going to really, really hurt the U.S. economically. Russia and India have already agreed to drop the dollar as the reserve currency. The cornerstone of the U.S. global economy is that the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency. And if that ever gets dropped in a significant way, that could put us in very, very bad economic straits. On top of the fact that the global supply chains and the global economy is already massively stressed from all the nonsense from COVID. Russia also creates a shitload of fertilizer. And if we don't buy fertilizer from Russia, it makes all the food more expensive in the United States, which, again, hurts us. It, it, all of this seems so incredibly short-sighted and reckless simply for the goal of allowing Joe Hunter Biden to continue making billions of dollars in the Ukraine. Because I don't see what the goal is otherwise. I mean, well, I, I guess we just have to ask ourselves like a, a very simple question because you, you are bringing up a lot, right? 
number one, one thing we need to point out because I'm like in real time, I'm watching uh, the left wing media um, try to retcon um, the supply chain inflation and gas crisis. The inflation was occurring before Putin did anything in Ukraine. Gas prices were at historic highs before Putin did anything in Ukraine. And the supply chain has been screwed for quite a while before Putin did anything in Ukraine. But I am seeing even conservatives and right-wing commentators go, you know, oh, like Biden, what an idiot. He shut down oil production and now Russia is like doing this and and now gas is just going to be getting out of control. Nope, nope. That's the liberals love that you are saying that because you are accepting their revisionist history that our gas prices weren't already skyrocketing because of bad policies from Biden. Because now you're you're actually removing Biden by one step. You're saying Biden's dumb assery is making it difficult, but in reality it's because of what Putin did in Russia. In other words, you're saying, well, if or not in Russia, in Ukraine. In other words, what you're saying is, well, if Putin hadn't invaded Ukraine, gas prices would be fine, even though Biden's an idiot. Does that make sense? It certainly does. But in reality, we already saw the effects. Yeah. Joe Biden shut down pipelines in the United States. He shut down pipelines in the U.S., Gas started to get far more expensive to ridiculous levels, levels that had not been seen in a very long time. Oddly, right, uh, had not been seen since the last time that dumbass uh, was in the White House uh, right. and in the government. Then the stuff with Ukraine happened, and it's getting worse. But it was already bad. If we had maintained, I'm going to say it, I know a lot of people have already heard it. If we had maintained our energy independence that we had made under Trump, none of this would affect us. We would be able to literally waver this out. Instead, you get idiots like George Takei, who, for those of you who don't know, was the guy who played Sulu on Star Wars, or Star Trek. Wow, I just sounded like an asshole. Um, Played Sulu on Star Trek, is sitting there saying, Americans, you just have to buckle down and suffer through uh, more expensive food and gas for the freedom of Ukraine. So, okay, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question to everybody out there. Are you willing to pay $4 a gallon for gas just to have Ukraine and NATO? Is that worth it to you? No. Are, are you willing to stop buying beef in the same quantity that you do? Are, are you willing to basically go without meat um, or fossil fuels? So Ukraine can be in NATO? No. Because that that's literally what everyone's agreeing to. It everyone's, makes no sense. Ev- and and it, it's not. And I don't think it's even about Ukraine and NATO. It's so that Joe Biden, a bunch of Democrats, and a bunch of politicians across Europe can have their kids making millions of dollars in Ukrainian gas companies. Oh no, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, let let's not let's not be. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't Joe Biden doesn't care about Ukraine. He probably right. doesn't really care that much about Russia. What he does care about is now, by the way, two things can be true. Russia can be evil. 
that's okay everyone don't don't freak out um but it if russia actually does get influence in ukraine it kind of shuts down all the money laundering the democrats are allowed to do in that country which is part of the reason why they also really didn't like it um when uh oh his his name just slipped me but the uh president that they ended up uh having having a coup against because coups yeah. are okay as long as they're in ukraine um it's okay for the ukraine to throw out the duly elected president um because of course like normal they just say uh well it was a uh, it was fraudulent i mean i i kind of think that we should get rid of joe biden because i think his election was fraudulent but that makes me a threat to democracy because I don't live in Ukraine. Right. <laughs> um, but no, that's point that, that, that is a hundred percent something to point out. Now we've talked a lot about, uh, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about nuclear war, right? And the yeah. reason, the reason why we bring this up is because this is like one of the new, Th- the, one, one of the new like focal points, right, is we're we're seeing not only did we see early on, uh, this is what it would look like if a nuclear missile hit London. That was a hundred. That was a real headline from a newspaper in the United Kingdom. And there's also the CDC released its recommendations of. Here's what you should do in the event of of a nuclear strike. So there's a there's a lot of fear. Like basically, John McCain might resurrect from his tomb because his war boner gets so exacerbated that he comes back to life because it's basically back to the Cold War. Yeah, I mean we are at duck and cover level derangement over what's going on right now and it's just not gonna happen yeah it's like a a nuclear war ends with it it ends it for everybody i i think if you i mean that's what you'd have to do is you'd have to threaten nuclear war against putin and i it's like why why would you do that over ukraine but even then it's like it's just not gonna happen this is just blatant fear-mongering to fool fool a bunch of ignorant people into and scare them into doing what the government wants just like they did with covid remember how we were being told two million americans are gonna die in six months if we don't lock down it's the exact same thing right right no then that's exactly it but the best part is here's how you know that it is all complete bs like all complete and total bs in the cdc's guidance about what to do in the event of a nuclear holocaust. Yeah. They wanted to remind you. If you are gathering, you know, if you're gathering in a bomb shelter, because that's where you gather in the event of a nuclear strike, right? Um, if you are gathering together with people who are not in your immediate family, don't forget to wear your mask. Uh, I'm well, not I, would, I certainly wouldn't want to survive a nuclear blast only to die from covid <laughs> I'm not joking that this is not a joke. This is very real. They remind you that during the nuclear Holocaust that you should probably wear a mask. Now, a lot of people interpreted this as the CDC being so dumb as to suggest that wearing a cloth mask would protect you from nuclear fallout. 
I don't think that that was their intent. I think their intent was not only is nuclear holocaust a problem, but let's not get COVID too. This is all theater. And if you want to know why we're so agitated, it's because you people keep falling for it. Yeah. That's pretty silly. So, Alan, what would be your recommendations to people in a way to just, I guess, because not everybody has to argue every single point that people make or even hate people who have like a different opinion. Like I have friends that are, they're all about Ukraine. And I, to, let, let me, let me just say, I totally understand that position because by, by that being like, Hey, a country just rolled into a sovereign country and I'm always going to stand with a country defending its borders. Yeah, I mean, I I do support that. I I wish we could do it here in the United States. I just wish political. I just wish politicians in the United States cared as much about our borders as they do the borders of Ukraine. But the point I'm making here is, you don't have to go out and battle anyone. But what are your recommendations for people to just? Because it looks really dark when you say you can't believe the media, because now people go, well, what am I supposed to believe? Like, what is a good way to basically approach this information? Or what's your method of approaching information and not getting caught in the virtue signaling nonsense, basically emotional manipulation that occurs? Okay, I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah, what what do you do to avoid the emotional manipulation of media and propaganda? Like, what's your method of oh. understanding information? Oh, uh, it's simple. Anything, I, I identify who the bad guys are and anything they want anything that they shill for, anything that the outlets aligned to them promote, I just put myself on the opposite part, opposite side of that. And then that's how I view everything. And that seems to work pretty well. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really easy. I look, it's like, what does the World Economic Forum support? And what do the outlets that, that are aligned with them, what are they saying? And they were like, under COVID, they were saying, COVID's going to kill us all. Everybody needs to take this vaccine. And I said, okay, if that's what they want, I know that they are evil and have ill intent. So I'm going to basically go, okay, the vaccines obviously are bad. And I'm now going to, and now I can't be fooled by that. It's the same thing. World Economic Forum, Democrat Party, uh, CNN, all are shilling for, well, unique Ukraine needs to be free of Russia and Putin's literally Hitler. And I go, okay, well, I know that's now a lie. So what's the truth? If that's a lie, then what's the truth? It's really it's it's easy because the bad guys are telling us what the lies are because everything they say is lies and then you go okay well so those are the lies so the truth is something different than that it, great uh, and it's easy not to be fooled by these things you just have to recognize that there are bad people out there with ill intent who are actively trying to lie to people to manipulate the discourse. So um, no. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. Um, my, yeah, my method is, so a lot of people are going to say that, that that is a, um, ignorant way of doing it. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend who okay. such ignorance, but let's just be honest. Like it's actually not a bad method to look at it because think about it for a second. What is it? All of these people are saying that they don't say about us. Because, I mean, right. that's that's what – when I talk about it being like, hey, this isn't a college debate class. This is real life, and in real life, you you have to do real things. Um, you have to be a big – you know, you have to be a big boy and a big girl in real life. 
And understand that they, these people, like everything they're saying about Putin, they say about you. Everything that they're doing right now, all the sanctions and all of that against Putin, they also tried to do to you. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they want to take your bank account away. They're perfectly fine with Visa and MasterCard and American Express um, getting rid of your bank accounts. We've watched it happen. They want to do the same thing to you. You might as well be synonymous with Vladimir Putin. I don't know if you're aware of that, but part of the reason why so many of these liberals are getting orgasmic over what's going on in Ukraine is because um, they're basically envisioning you in those Russian tanks. They oh, want yeah. you dead. Oh, yeah. They want NATO no, no. dropping bombs on you, just so you're aware. Yeah. yeah, every time they see a flaming Russian tank with a dying crew, it tickles in their brain, ah, oh, that's a bunch of Trump supporters. Right, because remember, you're all Russian bots, every single one of you. Right. right. To them, to a lot of these people, whether they know it or not, they have been fooled into viewing the world in that way, and... Everyone that, that remember, everyone that disagrees with them is a Nazi. Well, what are the Russians? Well, they're Nazis, like Vladimir Putin. Okay, so they're in in the heads of all these liberals. They're synonymous with you, and that's exactly the point. That's the tactic the media used. They got these people to hate their fellow citizens, and now they got these people to hate. They got them to be filled with hate and rage, and now the, all they have to do is label any group as, oh, those are the racist Nazis. And then these people will froth at rage and wish nothing but death and pain. It's like they did it with anti-lockdown protesters. They did it with people wanting to get CRT out of schools. They did it. They're doing it with the Russians. They did it to anybody that wanted election integrity. They do it to people that think we should have voter ID. They do it to people that think we shouldn't have an open border. Once you realize the tricks that they play, you can see the trick and go, okay, they're playing that trick again. So clearly something about this is a lie. Because they're clearly trying to do the manipulation that I've seen them do before. Now, um, I'm going to shift gears abruptly, but um, I have a, a, a slight little mistiness in my eyes right now because uh, I am currently seeing traffic reports outside my town showing I-95 is relatively backed up heading northbound. And I'm going to... I'm going to ask, giving Alan no context, do you have any idea why that might be, Alan? No, why is that? Because there's a giant line of semi-trucks heading towards the DC Beltway, and <laughs> they're currently awesome. on their way right now. I'm watching video um, of a traffic camera on the DC Beltway with a line of semi-trucks and other vehicles flying the American flag, signs that say FJB, signs that say freedom. So the trucker convoy is on its way into the DC beltway. Now, it's interesting that we just talked about a lot of, of what we were just mentioning about how they treat us and how they treat people. Um, there is a trucker's convoy that is now entering the capital today. It is entering the capital of the United States of America today to protest Joe Biden, his vaccine mandates, his mishandling of the economy, all of that. What are they going to cool. do to these people? We saw what happened in Canada. There was absolutely zero 
absolutely zero um, pushback from the United States government of the way the um, Canadians treated their citizens by the United States. The United States government was not against how they were treated. Interesting. And in a lot of ways, they repeated a lot of the statements that were made. By by that I mean a lot in a, a lot of them repeated that uh here in in media and whatnot were saying like oh no they're all a bunch of uh um white supremacists they're all racists. Interesting. So understand we are about to see um yeah, we, we, we are about to see truckers go up there, regular Americans, um, people who bring us our food, bring us our supplies, you know, deliver our goods, are about to basically get crushed by the United States government, are probably going to have their bank accounts suspended because that's already a tactic that's been used. Money that's being raised by them, um, uh, either uh, either the money's going to go through a uh, third or not a third party, but, but a secondary site because GoFundMe wouldn't allow it. So it might go through give, send go uh, who will probably get hacked, who will then have all of the donors released, who will then have them lose their jobs. You will have different uh, payment processors and bank accounts, probably shut down the accounts of these American citizens. All of these things may happen within the next few weeks. And at the same exact time that all of this is occurring, those same people are going to tell you that they are fighting for freedom and democracy in Ukraine. Hooray. I mean, they're, they're literally going to say that you have to agree with what's going on in Ukraine. If you stand for freedom and democracy while our own government, because I mean, well, I don't know, Alan, what, what do you think? Do you think my assessments off? Do you, do you think that this might just fizzle out or get ignored? Or do you think that we're going to see the honking happen in Washington, D.C. and see a similar reaction as what we saw with Trudeau's government? It's hard to know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to know with some of these things anymore. It would certainly I certainly think they're going to be called a lot of very vicious names by Jen Psaki and the administration. And I think that but what they do as far as negatively affecting these people it's hard to guess i would hope that the events in canada are going to moderate the response of the regime but they have not shown the ability to do that yet yeah they they like like, they, they they don't seem like they can moderate their message even when it's called for Right. And that's that that is what's what's absolutely interesting, right? Is uh, they don't learn and it it seems like they should. Now, what's more interesting is what what do you think the potential because uh, I I see a high potential here. Um but what do you think the potential is is that they're going to use the new shiny new fangled well actually these truckers are responding to Russian disinformation. Uh, I think they're definitely going to say that. Yeah, because a couple of weeks ago, it was white supremacy, right? Everybody, regardless of the race of the truckers or anything, it was all because they're racist, because somehow 
COVID and race has anything to do with each other. Um, but now we have the whole Russia thing. And so it's going to become, see, it's actually Russian disinformation. If you don't agree with vaccines or if you don't agree with the government having complete and total power over your life, uh, it's because you read Russian news sources, you know, or Russian influenced bloggers or what have you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think you know, it's and, going to be ridiculous no matter what. So are, are we going to see a bunch of uh, a bunch of the weak need uh, GOP be like, well, I mean, I can't stand with these truckers if they're if they're going to be pro Putin. I, I just well, I can't. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We're totally going to see the right wing disavow this as much as possible. The GOP is going to disavow these people. Like in a time of war and crisis, we can't have protests like this in the Capitol. This is really they're, they're, well, I bet what they're going to call call them is these people are insensitive to the Ukrainian people, and we need to be focusing on them right now. Like, I bet Lindsey Graham is going to come out and say some stuff like that. <laughs> Lindsey Graham will probably call for them to be assassinated, too. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Weird. I don't. Um, I don't. Here, here's something interesting real quick. Just a just a quick aside. I'm seeing a, a couple of videos um, that are up on Twitter right now. And obviously I can't corroborate any of this, but this is just kind of an example of where I would like want to ask the, ask a few questions. Um, there's a video that's being shown right now and it says Russia claimed Azov battalion was holding civilians as human shields in Maripol, despite humanitarian, uh, corridors new footage appears yep. to corroborate that accusation this desperate woman was told no evacuation is permitted it's okay like, okay that's I, on par with the azov battalion a paramilitary group that's known to have committed war crimes right and so it's like okay um oh well and and by the way which western media called uh neo-nazi they do have, like they have ss in their flag but that's okay because if you're fighting russians you can be a nazi um that's apparently okay right. now. Uh, just just in Ukraine. Once again, it's another thing that only in Ukraine are you allowed to be that way. Um, otherwise, if you go if you don't go along with vaccine mandates, you're also a Nazi. But Nazis are only good in Ukraine, I guess. Point is, um, I have this video. It'd be interesting to see if that's if that's a thing that's actually going on. But Western media would not cover it if it's true. Um, and. E- even if it is true, Western media is probably going to tell me that it was faked and it's Russian propaganda. Because remember, a lot of this conflict started with the State Department claiming that Russia was going to have a false flag with crisis actors. That never actually did happen, by the way. That's a, actually that's a good point. I forgot. I kind of forgot about that. Well, I mean, they wanted you to. <laughs> but no, I mean, remember, Russia was supposed to stage a false flag with crisis. There was going to be basically a Sandy Hook. Um, you know, uh, like, like the, those level claims that, that Sandy Hook was a false flag with crisis actors. Right. And then the state department like said, oh no, like Russia hired a bunch of crisis actors and they're going to fake a pretense for war. This is totally true. And it's based on intelligence that I just told you. Yeah. You're not allowed to see it. I saw it and I'm telling you that I saw it. So just remember that that happened. You know, I, I just I just want to remind everybody. Um, no, I am fascinated in, at what is going to be happening with this freedom convoy because of all the different things, um, you know, that, that we might see coming out of it. And 
And honestly, I mean, it's going to become even even more interesting given just all the pressure that's being put on people um, because all the rising gas prices, the supply chain issues, like just all of this. It's, it's going to be very fascinating. And I wonder um, I wonder if that's part of the reason why Biden like immediately started rolling back all the mask stuff and everything was to try to defang um, a trucker convoy because that was hugely popular. I, I see this. I see people getting upset over these truckers showing up in DC because it is going to distract from the like deep state establishment media. Oh shit. Everyone's supposed to be looking at Ukraine and not paying attention to what's going on in their backyard. But like who doesn't love the honking? It's awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be, uh, well, and that's, and maybe it's exactly what we need. Like a distraction from Ukraine would be great. Yeah. We need a distraction from Biden's distraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that and, is the reality. And I would, it's not going to be bad to get people focused back on COVID and how much the nonsense we were subjected to over COVID is criminal and, but easily forgotten because people don't want to recognize that it was so malicious. And so I'm, I hope these truckers, I hope it, I hope it causes a big problem. I hope it causes a huge national issue that we then have to deal with COVID rather than them getting it swept under the rug. Well, and, and you know, that's actually another thing um, that, that I, I want to bring up is one of the big reasons um, that I am nervous about all of the news coverage and everything that's happening with Ukraine and the coalescing of everybody buying uh, the left-wing narrative is my fear that this is all being done to distract people from COVID. It's so they'll forget about it and we'll never get the answers we want. That's my big fear. Like, Yeah, that's my fear too. I think that's exactly what they want to have happen. Right. And, you know, it, it is amazing because uh, I, I've seen a lot of the news that's that's coming out where all of a sudden, like, tons of businesses are suddenly just relaxing mask mandates. Um, even here in my hometown, um, I know I told people about it when it happened. The school board, like, after so much pressure from tons of parents that are probably now all on a watch list, um, you know, on an FBI watch list and are probably going to get swatted any time now. Uh, but so much pressure from parents. The school board finally was like, okay, fine. Kids have the option to wear masks. Like they don't have to wear masks anymore. Within days, silently, they also remove the mask mandates from teachers. Which yeah. The, proved... the Washington, the mask mandate for Washington States, I think ending on the 12th. Yeah. But here's the interesting part is um so it's ending on the 12th right but are yeah. the tools that were utilized by these governments going to go away or are the or is it or is it going to be kind of like um when we did all the uh counterterrorism stuff in the United States is that going to be a maintained power that at any moment we can just be locked down and masked again most certainly yeah, I, I like this is a question that I, I think really needs to be asked. Yeah, no, most most certainly that's not going away. So <laughs> sorry. I just 
I just saw a news thing that uh, zipped by on my screen that said uh, Russian police are going full Trudeau on protesters in Red Square. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, no, I mean, sorry, it, it's another because these these things do mix together, right? We were just talking about how the trucker protest might get completely like lambasted and look absolutely not democratic or or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I definitely have to kind of ask the question here of how angry are uh, how, how angry can liberals really be when they're like, oh, my God, look at these police going after these protesters. Oh, geez. Like, look at how awful Russia is like. I don't know. It's just instead of buying into all of that, maybe maybe it's a good idea for you to remind them that the United States government is doing the exact same thing to like, oh, cool. So you stand with the uh, Trump supporters who were in the Capitol on January 6th now, right? Yeah. And they go, well, no, because that was a coup. Yeah. Yeah. So now comes the story that I don't want to talk about because it's very sad. Um, But I want to remind people of it. And I'm sorry I didn't actually have the name in front of me. Um, But let me let me pull it up real quick. There was a gentleman who was one of the people that was facing, you know, trespassing charges uh, from the Department of Justice and was getting jerked around um, and unfortunately committed suicide this week oh geez and it it gets even worse so this comes from just the news um january 6th defendant matthew perna has reportedly taken his own life after his family said he was bullied to death by the department of justice despite not despite not having committed a violent crime american greatness senior editor Uh, Senior writer, I'm sorry. Julie Kelly tweeted Sunday morning that she heard reports that a January 6th defendant committed suicide. Quote, if confirmed, this defendant committed no violent crime and was walked through an open door with Capitol Police present, Kelly wrote. Biden's DOJ has tried to destroy so many lives over this past year. They may have another victim. Kelly called the January 6th prosecutors sadistic and said at least one other January 6th defendant has committed suicide. Later in the day, Kelly tweeted the story was true. I cannot express the rage I feel after speaking with his family. More on this tomorrow. According to his obituary, uh, um, on Flynn Funeral Home's website, Perna died February 25th, 2022, of a broken heart. The justice system killed his spirit and his zest for life. The obituary explains that Perna attended the January 6th rally and entered the Capitol through an open door where police ushered him in. He stayed within velvet ropes in the Capitol building and took pictures there without hurting anyone or breaking anything. According to the obituary, he reportedly turned himself in as soon as he knew the FBI was looking for him. The constant delays in hearings and postponements dragged out for over a year, the obituary states. Because of this, Matt's heart broke and his spirit died, and many people are responsible for the pain he endured. Perna was described in the obituary as a Christian who read his Bible daily did not have a hateful bone in his body. Perner was arrested in Sharpsville, Pennsylvania on January 19th, 2021 and indicted more than a month later. He pleaded guilty in December, in December to January 6th related charges, including obstructing an official proceeding, disorderly and disruptive conduct and entering and remaining in a restricted area, according to the department of justice in the DOJ's statement of facts, Perna claimed 
to only be inside the Capitol for five to ten minutes after being pushed into the building by a crowd, and it was not his intention to enter the Capitol. His sentencing was scheduled for March 3rd, 2022. Perna faced up to 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. That's absolutely ridiculous. And the GOP and our Republican lawmakers should have stopped this. They should stop this for all of these people. And their inaction in doing so is a scandal in the Republican party and none of them deserve a vote. Yeah. They should all be kicked out of the party for refusing to stand up for these people's civil liberties. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It is, it is insane that the Republican party is so weak and so owned by the left. They're so afraid of the left that they can't even defend these people. I mean, for God's sakes, the liberals in this country defend coalesced and defended people murdering innocent citizens, burning down businesses, literally ransacking entire cities. And the GOP can't defend people who showed up at the Capitol to protest an election. Yeah. Like what? It's ridiculous. How how do we how do we even pretend that there's a credible alternative to progressivism in the United States when we have this kind of weakness? And they're currently all shilling Joe Biden's narrative right now over Ukraine. Marco Rubio is literally on Twitter daily, like telling everybody all the intelligence he's getting, and like. Lindsey Graham is like, yo, like Joe Biden should assassinate Putin. Woo! Joe Biden forever. He gave me a war boner. Yeah, it's just disgusting. It's absolutely pathetic. I just, I, I, I can't. And that, you know, that's my worry, right? Is we have all these great patriots that are heading right into DC right now in their trucks, you know, to sit there, surround it, actually have their voices heard. And they are going to just be left out. Like I, I, I am not. I do not want anything bad to happen to these people. I think they're good people. I think that this is a, a great American activity. It is the most nonviolent protest that I can honestly yeah. think of that has had the most violent reaction from governments. So this is such a great rip the mask off of how progressivism and all of the like and all of these elites in the government are actually all just totalitarianists. They are just waiting for the excuse to crush you under their boots. That is what is yeah. so great about these protests. But I don't wish any ill will against these truckers, but I honestly cannot confidently say that these people aren't going to get like probably murdered by the National Guard. And then thrown in a gulag and the GOP isn't going to do anything to save them. I certainly hope that doesn't happen. Be because because the media, like CNN is just going to turn around and be like, oh, they killed like 84 bazillion cops. That totally happened. They they killed uh, one gurgillion cops. And then the GOP is going to be like, oh, geez, oh, God. Oh. I mean, the media lies about everything, but this one's probably true. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I say that because just to remind you, Joe Biden said, you know, that he said this week that five police were killed during the January 6th incursion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. 
The president of the United yeah. States lied and said five police were killed during January 6th. That's 100% not true. But the Republicans are going to be like, well, I mean, geez, shucks. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, and that that's another thing. During the State of the Union, uh, once again, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert uh, stood up and demanded during the State of the Union, demanded that Biden recognize the 13 soldiers that were killed in his terrible withdrawal in Afghanistan. And they got chided by even people in the Republican Party. Yeah, it's it's all very shameful. Yeah. Now, the easiest way to offend the GOP establishment is to defend yourself. Yeah, they hate that. It's it's but definitely a no-go. Yeah, no, the GOP is the most disappointing thing in the last six years. The the left does what the left does, but the GOP's feckless, cowardly, and traitorous nature, I think that was that was much more surprising to a lot of people, and because it's so much harder to solve. What we needed, like we needed a strong opposition party when Trump was in office, and it was we all thought we had one, and then it was suddenly revealed that we didn't, and that was a very unfortunate thing. I think a very difficult thing to deal with because it, it takes a lot longer to rewrite that ship because essentially instead of being able to oppose the left, we have to first get our own house in order while they have essentially a free hand. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and it's, and the excuses are so lame. It's, it's just like, why, why, why is it that all of these, uh, by the way, for those of you who want to know, like, how do I gauge pol- like GOP politicians and things like that? Now, unfortunately, I consume a lot of news and I watch a lot of things on social media. Uh, basically, the minute I see anyone agreeing with something that's said by a liberal or a never Trumper, that person can no longer be trusted. <laughs> it's that simple. Solid. Yeah, I no, mean, it's, it's a solid, it's, uh, solid point. Like, if you want to sit there and tell me, like, well, I mean, that's not fair. No, it is. It is absolutely 100% fair. Um, I don't want anything that those people want. So anyone who appears to be furthering their cause is bad. It's pretty easy. I know that everyone's going to try to act like that's intellectually dishonest, uh, but it's not. It is the most honest thing. Because yeah. it is exactly how the world works. Right. Right. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is like Marjorie Taylor Greene is exceedingly hated by the left. They tried to basically get her removed from Congress the minute she got elected, which, by the way, is supposed to be super anti-democratic. She they convinced people in the GOP to go along with removing her committee assignments. Yeah. Therefore, the people of Georgia who voted for her, by the way, in a very large amount, uh, it was something like over 70% of voters voted for her, have no representation on committees. Because the GOP was more afraid of what liberals were going to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene than having a Republican on a committee. Having a voting member on a committee. They were more afraid of what liberals were going to say. Or, let's be honest what their donors were going to do because let's just be fair. Part of the reason why um, like part, 
Part of the reason why the liberals are able to set the narrative all the time when it comes to politics in Washington, D.C. is because Republicans don't work for you. They work for their donors and they're afraid that liberals are going to affect their donors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, I'm so mad about that. Anyway, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, both yelled at Biden. That should have been a great thing. That happens all the time. We literally the entire Democrat Party cheered when Nancy Pelosi ripped up uh, um, Donald Trump's speech uh, at at the inauguration. Everybody, the the entire left cheered when um, all the women uh, protested, uh, not the inauguration, I'm sorry, the State of the Union, when all the women protested uh, Trump's um State of the Union by pretending like he was a sexist. All of these things get cheered. All of these protests that happen on the left get cheered by the left. And then the Republican Party's like, well, I mean, shouting during a speech. How disrespectful. Oh, my gosh. It's so pathetic. It's like, guys, can you recognize the world that you're in? I know that a lot of my boilerplate conservative friends want uh, politics to be like some polite gentleman's game. Um, But that's not true. And it's not real. And you're basically an idiot. Like, I just wish we could go back to where everybody sat and shook hands. Uh, okay. I agree. But we're not there. And it's going to take a lot to get there because back when the back when that kind of politics existed, everyone agreed that America should be a free country. Yeah. And they don't seem to understand that anymore. Well, have most people aren't Americans anymore, so that's kind of the problem. Ooh, care, care to you want you want to pull that yeah. thread a little bit? Sure. It's like most Ameri- most people in America are no longer. Right, well, not maybe not most. A lot of people in America are no longer Americans. They no longer identify with. Yeah, they no longer nation. they no longer identify with what it means to what we can would consider being an American. Mm-hmm. They identify as something else some sort of some sort of neo-american values that we do not share and that's why that's why why like why why are we in a country war why does the country seem like it's tearing itself apart because we're two countries stuffed into the same box right now yeah and there's that that situation cannot continue this that whole like a house divided cannot stand well a house divided cannot stand and the us is currently a house divided because we have a huge contingent of people inside America that do not share the same values or even conception of America with each other. And there that, that cannot end in anything but strife and failure. Like what values does the Democrat party have that I share? Almost none. What values do their voters have that I share? Almost none. Yet we're all supposed to work in this, live in the same country and work together and be neighbors that that situation creates tension that cannot last in the long run. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, that that's as far as it goes. I mean, that, that I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know a better, a better way to put it, which is just that, you know, if you want to get back to handshake time to where, you know, this is, this is in reality us sitting here and and it should be us shaking hands and whatnot. Um, 
then you have to understand that there is a contingent right now in this in this country that doesn't share the same like doesn't want the same outcome that you do and that would need to be fixed yeah I mean, it's it's going the the strife and conflict in the United States is only going to continue and deepen because at a core fundamental level we don't share the same values. Yeah, and everything the left does that they like, we are going to hate. Everything we do that we think is right, they're going to hate, and it's only going to get worse and worse until we have a separation of some kind. Either somebody gives something up, or we separate. Yeah. I think it's more almost more likely they're going to give it up because the situation is going to become so untenable that a lot of these people that don't think about what they support, that don't have a good conception of what they support and only do it because the media tells them to, that is fundamentally unstable. And I don't think that situation can last long term or that situation is more likely to change than it is for the United States to break apart. Yeah, I think that as this economic situation gets worse, as well, I think we should be prepared for a serious economic crisis. I think we should be prepared to lose superpower status. I think we should be prepared for a lot more um, instability in the world as all of the blank, as all the checks we've been irresponsibly writing start coming due. It's like with the economy, we've like what well, it's something ridiculous. Like sixty percent of all dollars in circulation were printed in the last year. Yeah. Something where you just think there's no way this does not have serious negative economic impacts downstream. All these supply chain issues, all of these issues with fertilizer, like food supplies are going to become strained and expensive. All of these things like oil and gas, energy become is going to become expensive, which makes everything else we do expensive. And all of these things are going to have a very serious economic impact that we're not ready for. We're not prepared for it. A cohesive country that does a, a fully cohesive country that is well established and prepared for these things would have a tough time dealing with it. It's going to be it could be a very the next decade could be a lot of big struggles and realignment in the United States. And I hope beyond hope that as the realities of the neoliberal world order come due and that includes all of these Republicans, all of these neocons, all of these the kind of globalist ideology that has run the United States since the Cold War. As all of that comes due, my hope is that people become inoculated against the efforts, the, the what will be increasing efforts to propagandize the population and keep the focus away from the failures of the neoliberal world order and people begin to wake up and start demanding practicality and pragmatism because practicality and pragmatism are something that the progress, that the left, that the globalist world order cannot deliver upon because it is fundamentally all based on lies. And because it's based on lies, it cannot deliver on practicality and pragmatism. So in a time of crisis, it is go it is going, it is, well, it is currently increasingly revealed as something antithetical to the the future the long-term success of a nation no I, I, yeah and i think kind of um 
you know, moving moving into like, you know, what what does it look like kind of, you know, for for the wrap up on all of this is we we talked a lot. And I I think I think for a lot of people, it it might be rough. Right. Because for the last week or two, um, you know, a lot of our listeners have probably been kind of going along and, you know, sharing stuff on social media, have probably been very active in, in the idea of being excited about something to support and something like Ukraine and, and all of this. And to be fair, it is a good story. Um, it's a good story almost to the point where I'm suspicious of it because it sounds like a movie. But, yeah, you know, but like, what is it we're really hoping people will do? What is it we're really hoping people will do with this information? And I, th- I think the biggest thing that I want to remind everyone is... It's it is not uncommon for a government, regardless of its if it's the United States government or if it's just any government anywhere, it is absolutely common for a government to use foreign events to distract you for what's going on in your backyard. Because what's happening in your backyard, um, what's happening on your dinner table, uh, it affects you far more. You're going to in. If somebody brings your attention to it, you are going to obviously pay more attention to that. I care far more about how much food is in my fridge than I do about how much food is in my neighbor's fridge. Now, Mm -hmm. I I understand how people want the world to be, but we should care. Well, okay, but I, I need to worry about feeding my kids more so than whether the neighbor's feeding their kids. Um point of, of that being is it's how we prioritize things. And so it's not uncommon when you start seeing a lot of um, press r- reports that are coming out about things that are occurring in other countries. You have to immediately ask yourself, OK, perhaps this is just news because that is always a possibility. It could be a slow news day sometimes. But you also have to ask yourself, is there anything that they could be distracting from? You know, we know the media works on behalf of the Democrat Party. Uh, We know that there are 100 percent, you know, um, strategies and operations that occur to try and emotionally manipulate us into agreeing uh, with things that we that if we were given on face value, we would not support. Um, And so all we're actually asking is it's fine for you to have an opinion. Either way about what's going on in Ukraine, you could be for supporting Ukraine. You could want a no fly zone. You could want all of those things. That's fine. Uh, you could think that it's silly and that it just needs to be over. That's also fine. But what you cannot do or what you should not be doing is not paying attention to the bad actors who you know exist and not think about, okay, why do they support this though? Because they, you know, the left and the left wing media, they, they never, they never do things straightforward. Why is it that the left wing media is suddenly okay with Ukrainians open carrying assault rifles? Yeah, so ridiculous. Uh, like, like that 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 should make you suspicious, everyone. And that that's all we're asking for is is why is there such rampant hypocrisy? From the things that you inherently know. And so you have to ask yourself what's really going on and and why why should I trust these people now? That doesn't mean don't form your own opinion. Like my uh, my buddy Chris is a great example. My buddy Chris supports Ukraine because he believes strongly that every single country should have its own self-determination. 
Well, that's hard to argue with. Now, I don't okay. think I don't think getting involved in NATO gives you self determination. I'm not sure I mean, how by being that part of a global club does that, but by that same metric, uh, Russia would have the self determination to choose not to have NATO missiles on its border. Right. Yeah, like it. I mean, it, it just it's it all just falls apart when you refuse to recognize the realities of the world we live in and the realities of actual power and politics in the world. Yeah, this is a power politics thing. It's about the, like, think of it in terms of of European empires of ages past. The would the French, would the French under King Louis whatever be find it acceptable that the British were stationing the British fleet in Belgium, or would they invade Belgium to prevent that? Of course, they'd invade Belgium to pre prevent that. If the United, if China was filling Mexico with Chinese military assets, the United States would absolutely have a problem with it, and would probably blockade the coast of Mexico. The weak fear the strong. The strong get to do what they want, and they're only stopped by somebody stronger making a bigger threat. That's the reality of the world and all of this nonsense about, oh, I just want people to have self-determination and freedom and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't. It only holds up because strong, powerful and violent people are willing to exercise power in order to keep up the illusion that rights and freedom and all of this stuff matter. And that's might does make right. That that's the incontrovertible fact of the world is might makes right. And because that is true, it is imperative on us, if we want to say morality should be protected, we need to be so mighty that we can force on other people the morality that we want to see in the world. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is that is the deal. Um, yeah, that that's that's just how it works so mm -hmm. but the the point is is just you know be wary of it understand well and part of it too is like my my big fear is i don't i don't want to see people get this not necessarily disappointed but it it sucks because i know a lot of like our audience and, and good people like on social media like they they mean well but it's like guys you need to understand that whatever whatever things that the Biden administration and the liberal left are going to do in response to Ukraine. They're going to use this to hurt you. And I just want people to be wary of that because it is only a matter of time until we're going to start hearing the beating of the drum coming from the Biden administration about Russian misinformation and disinformation. And that is 100% going to turn into News sources that you trust being accused of being Russian assets and being taken off the air. It's going to result in Twitter accounts being shut down because they're claimed to be Russian misinformation or disinformation. And the only crime that they could have potentially committed was sharing something that went against the official narrative. We know that this is going to happen. I just want people to be wary of what they're supporting and who they're supporting and what they're ignoring, because this is exactly what happened in COVID. Everybody jumped on the hashtag of we're all in this together and the government stripped our civil liberties away and you smiled while they did it because, well, you got a dopamine hit from the hashtag. Right, right. Isn't that fun, but... 
How, how did that work out for you I just two years later? Get, it's so frustrating when people that I think should know better play along, fall into the same trap that I thought we were all avoiding now. Yeah. And that's all we're trying to so say. So if you're doing it, stop. If you know people that are doing it, try to get them to stop. Because none of this is helpful, and all of it only serves bad people that want bad things for the rest of us. Yep. Other than that, let us know uh, what we missed this week, because obviously we we really stood heavy on one subject, and it was unfortunate, but we had to kind of get it off our chest. And there was a lot of good information, and um, you know, but we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to report. We'll see what happens with the uh, trucker convoy. It'll obviously be very interesting. I'm very excited to see. Uh, what comes across from all the trucks in D.C. Um, and whether or not Biden has to go hide. He's probably hiding in his basement in Wilmington uh, right now and probably isn't going to come out. And people will say because, uh, you know, the honking keeps him up. And if he doesn't get enough sleep, his Alzheimer's will really start to kick over. But, you know, we'll have to see uh, what comes from that. And obviously we'll update you guys throughout. So please go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio where you can see us there and uh you know you can see any of our updates that come across and of course always just follow us on social media and email us contact at wrongthinkradio.com i'm aaron from the east coast i'm alan from the west coast and this is wrong think radio have a great week everybody